Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to pick up with uh, part two of Hebrews chapter 12. And as I said in the last uh, podcast, Hebrews chapter 12 is the pinnacle of the letter because the, the, the author is encouraging his readers to, to look to Jesus during their time of discouragement. Their, their faith is wavering because they've been uh, persecuted. They're going through persecution and they, they really don't understand why they're having to, to go through this persecution. They're being put in prison. They're, they're losing their possessions. They're being beaten and they're, they're like, well, hey, I can just go back into Judaism because this wasn't happening when I was in Judaism. And I can still worship God. And so the author is trying to encourage them to stick with Jesus because he's telling them if you go back into Judaism, there, there no longer remains any sacrifices for your sins. You can go and you can sacrifice all those animals that you want to, but none of those animals' blood can save you from your sins. It's only through the blood of Jesus. And so he, he's saying, consider Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Look what he endured. And and and, and he even said that it brought him joy to do so. And so he is emphasizing through the first uh, 10, 11 chapters, uh, he is emphasizing Jesus. Jesus is better than. Jesus is greater than. And he just goes through all these scenarios. And, and he's saying that Jesus... Uh, has established a new covenant by his own blood and and so he's encouraging these people who are leaving Jesus and going into this obsolete religion called Judaism to stay with Jesus and then he's going to shift gears a little bit and he's going to say he's going to talk about something that many people including myself that it, this is hard to hear. There, we, we, we don't like hearing this subject that he is going to transition into, but it's something that we, we must accept and, and we have to talk about it, uh, and, and that is God's discipline. And so the, uh, the Hebrew author writes, still in chapter 12, he says, And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as children? He said, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when He corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those He loves and He punishes each one He accepts as His child. He, that's a quote from Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as His own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as He does all of His children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really His children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in His holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, but afterward there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weakness, your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not 
fall, but become strong. Let me ask you a question. Has your dad ever spanked you and said something like, I'm doing this because I love you and it's it, it's what's best for you? Or maybe he said something like this, this hurts me worse than it hurts you. And, and you're thinking, how can this be hurting you? Because I'm the one that's receiving the, the pain here. You're, you're, you're dishing out the pain. I'm receiving the pain. So how is this hurting you? And you know, now that we're older and have children, we, we understand uh, what that meant. But uh, I've never heard those words before. In either one of those two scenarios, I never heard those words from my dad. In fact, I don't even know what my dad's voice sounded like because uh, he committed suicide when I was three years old. And all that we have left, uh, when I say we, my, me, my brother, my sister, and my mom, all that we have left is a, an old picture album and an old 35 millimeter video. If you remember the old video, uh, they had when they started coming out with these little movie cameras and things. They they were huge. And they had the big reels and uh, they were silent. Uh, and I can remember as a kid even finding that in the closet and, and taking out those reels and, and able to watch that on on my wall of my bedroom. And I could see my dad. I could I could see him acting stuff out, but uh, I never heard his voice. I, I don't know what it sounds like. I, I mean, I heard him up to I was three years old, but I, I don't remember what uh, my dad's voice even sounded like. Um, but my father, my dad, abandoned me and my brother and my sister and my mom when I was three years old. And then my mom remarried when I was five years old, so I had a stepdad at the age of five. Uh, this guy had no children. I think he had one child that was stillborn, um, and he had been married many times. I think he had been married four times when he married my mom. So my mom, I believe, was his fifth marriage, and he was a narcissist and a racist. He was very abusive physically and emotionally, not, not sexually, but physically and emotionally. He was constantly I mean, constantly putting me down. He told me things like that I would never amount to anything. He never, ever supported anything uh, that I did. In fact, when I was uh, 12 years old in, uh, in Little League Baseball, and I was really, really good in sports and, and with other things, when I, in skateboarding, and everything, I, he never came to any of my contests. But uh, um, in Little League Baseball, I was pitching – and was really good and pitched the championship game and we won and he tried to take my glory he tried to take he literally tried to take credit for something that I did he he had nothing to do with anything that I ever did but yet when this was going on his his brother was our baseball coach and so for a few games toward the end of the season when we were really good he came and sat in the dugout, didn't know anything about baseball, didn't know anything about sports, but yet he tried to take my glory from me. Um, he never told me. I think he may have said it once when I said it to him first, but he never told me that he loved me, ever. And since I was a small child, I mean, I'm small now. I'm 5'8 on a good day. Um, but when I was in junior high, I was 3'10". 
when I was a freshman in high school, I was 4'11". I was, I was very small. I've always, I've always been small. It's just the way God made me. Nothing I could do about it. But since I was a small child, he would get mad at me and, and, and instead of disciplining me like a, a dad, he would literally pick me up off the ground until my feet were off the ground and he would beat me until I peed in my pants. And he would not stop beating me until I peed in my pants. He was not a good dude and uh, he ended up leaving my mom to re even remarry a, a sixth wife um, while my mom was gone to visit my brother uh, many years ago. So for the most of my life, I, I could not view God as a father. I mean, for years, it, and when I was uh, preaching full time, Father's Day was a huge struggle for me. Uh, and it was very hard to get in the pulpit and preach. But after getting some counseling and working through a lot of stuff, such as forgiveness, uh, I, I, I've moved past all of that. And, and now I see God as my father. I don't see him as an abuser or someone that beats me, but I see him as a loving dad who has taken me as his son. And he shows me this great love and he gives me his blessings he's always here he will never abandon me he's he's promised us that over and over again and he always welcomes me with open arms and i know that there are, are, are many people out there in the sound of my voice um, that have similar stories to mine or even worse you've had an abusive dad that beat you used you stole from you sexually abused you uh, sexually assaulted you, manipulated you, just fill in the blank, just an overall bad dude, abandoned you, it, all of the, just caused you a lot of pain and grief in your life. And, and I acknowledge the fact that it is very difficult for you to view God as Father. But I, I want you to hear this, and I want you to hear this loud and clear. God knows and God understands, and God wants you to know that He still loves you unconditionally. That God will treat you with all tenderness and care if you'll let Him. And that's the hard part. That's the hard part, especially when we've been abused by our dads. The father wound is, is, a, is a very deep, deep wound. And John Eldridge, and there's many others uh, that address the father's wound and, and, and i encourage you men and women to to uh, dig into that and, and 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 check into that and get some help get some counseling if you have been wounded by your father because there truly is no love like god's love he is here to help and not hurt and with that thought in mind I want to share with you what the author of Hebrews tells his readers. We just read it, but I want to share it with you again. He says, And have you forgotten the encouraging words that God spoke to you as children? He said, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. And what's interesting uh, about this, is it's a quote from Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. And, and, and he uses... These words for a reason. He says God spoke encouraging words. 
to, to his reader. He's saying, God has spoken to you. He's spoken to you encouraging words. And then he uses a quote from Proverbs 3, 11, and 12. But what's interest, interesting about this is that's not God talking at all. It's Solomon. Solomon wrote the Proverbs, and it's Solomon writing these Proverbs to his son. He, he says over and over again, my son, my son, my son, listen to this, listen to this, listen to me, listen to these words of wisdom that I'm sharing with you. But the Hebrew author takes the words of Solomon and applies them to God and says, God has spoken encouraging words to you. Why would he do that? How can he do that? How can he say that God has spoken these words when it was, when it was, it was Solomon? It's not God. Well, I think it's because of 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, uh, where Paul says to Timothy, All Scripture, all Scripture is God-breathed. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So when we read God's word, it's God speaking to us. Even though it's penned by many different men and, and, and different people are speaking throughout this book. It's it's a love letter from God, and and he's and, and it all points to Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. It's it's all about God's love for us and His redeeming love for us, and how man has fallen, man has sinned, and how uh, he has he is uh, offering His Son as a sacrifice to to pay the price for our sin. From Genesis to Revelation, you see Jesus, 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 Jesus. And so when we read God's Word, the Holy Spirit works through God's Word, and he, God speaks to us through His Word. That's why it's so crucial that we be readers of the Word of God. We have to be in the Word for God to speak to us and for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Because when we read it, I mean, you can read a, a verse, you can read a chapter, and, and you can go and read that on a different day, and it'll it, something else will totally jump off the page. You, you'll see something that you didn't see before, and, it, it, and it, it, it's just amazing. That's why they call the Bible the living word. It is a living book, and the Holy Spirit, it, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit just takes God's word and just pours it into our lives when we open it up and read it, and that's why it's crucial. And that's why... Uh, uh, it's crucial that we read it. And that's why the, um, the Hebrew author, in my opinion, says to his audience that God is speaking encouraging words to you. And, and it's amazing if we would just open God's word. There, there's, there's an answer for every situation that we face in life. And, and, and what we find in God's word is not condemnation, but love, grace, mercy, compassion, and encouragement. But that's the, the thing is we have to read it. We have to read it for God to work through it, for God to work for the Holy Spirit to use it in our lives. He uses a passage from Solomon speaking to his son to his readers to say God has spoken encouraging words to you. And he uses Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. And, and he says, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. Now, and see, that's what's going on. They're, they're giving up. 
And, and, and what he's trying to get them to see is, hey, this could be God disciplining you. And nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to talk about God disciplining his children. And that's what uh, we're talking about uh, today. The Lord loves or the Lord disciplines those he loves. That's, that's what he says in, in chapter 12. And that's what a real dad does. He, he doesn't abuse. He doesn't beat down. He doesn't beat you or uh, like my stepdad did me. He, did pick, he picked me up off the ground and beat me till I peed my pants. That's not God. God does not do that. He, he, he doesn't abuse. He doesn't beat down. He disciplines. He corrects bad behavior when we're young so that we don't make those mistakes when we're older. He has our best interest in mind because like our earthly dad, he is older, he's wiser, and he knows that if we keep doing this bad thing or these bad things, it's going to get us some serious trouble down the road. Um, and I want you to think about this for a second. And this is fact. And there's all kinds of statistics to back this up. But people who are constantly in trouble with the law, who are in and out of jail, who are in prison, people who have committed murder, or some heinous crime, or uh, uh, done just lives this bad life, if you will, however you want to put that. If you dig into their lives, what you'll discover is that their dad was either absent from their lives, uh, he abandoned them totally, uh, he left uh, them and their mom to fend for themselves, uh, at an early age, uh, he abused them in some way, um, or he may have been in the home, but he was absent from their life. And and so, um, the Hebrew author is, is, is trying to get the people to understand uh, that God disciplines us because he loves us in fact he says if god doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all so one of the ways that we and, and this is difficult for a lot of people to understand and hear i understand that but one of the ways that we know that god loves us and cares for us is that he actually disciplines us um and if you've been abused in any kind of way by your dad, I am so sorry. And I truly understand. And I know how difficult it is to hear this in Hebrews 12. Um, but I, I'm praying for you and I will be praying for you and praying that the Holy Spirit will open up your heart, that you can um, find some strength and find some encouragement and, and find a counselor uh, to, to, to help deal with this. Um, uh, and it's okay to go to counseling. You need to hear that. It's okay to go to counseling. I've been through counseling for a long time now, and 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 it's okay to see a counselor. It's okay uh, to um, get with somebody and, and talk about your situation. Uh, a third thing that uh, the Hebrew author says in this passage is he says, "But God's discipline is always good for us, so that." We might share in His holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. Yeah, it is. 
but afterward there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. I, I, I remember hearing stories of uh, people who whose uh, uh, grandparents or their parents would send them out to a certain bush and, and get uh, uh, t- tear off their own switch and they would have to bring their own switch into the house and their grandparents or their their parent uh, using that that switch on them and discipline with that switch and, and they get spanked by that thing um, I, I never had that happen but man I could just imagine uh, how that would hurt and that's and that's what I think about when I when I read this passage when he says, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. Yeah, it, it's very painful. Nobody likes to uh, to be disciplined. But when God disciplines us, it is for our good. And, and he's not going to strike us down with lightning. He's not causing bad things to happen to us because we've done this wrong thing. And, that, and people have that concept of God, and they have that, that attitude toward God, but that, that's not God at all. Um, if we are being disciplined by God, it is for a reason that maybe we can't see it and we don't understand it, but we know for a fact that it is for our good, not not to harm us, not to be bad toward us, but for our good because he wants us to share in his holiness. And that is the goal. It's becoming holy. Um, the goal is to be more like Jesus. And so we can practice self-discipline. And also, when we do wrong, the Father is going to discipline us like our earthly fathers disciplined us as a child or like we discipline our children. And why do we discipline our children? Because we're older, we're wiser, and we see they're making a mistake that's going to hurt them. I mean, you don't want your kids sticking a key into a, a electrical outlet, so you spank their hand, uh, or maybe you put them in timeout. However, you discipline your kid, um, and I know too many people don't spank anymore. But the Bible says to spank your child, and uh, and I think, in, in my opinion, schools need to go back to spanking. Matter of fact, I saw on the news earlier where uh, a school in one of the states is going back to uh, um, bringing back the paddling. And I, I, I think they should. They had paddling back in my day, and they hurt, just like he says in this verse. A paddling hurt. I got a, a paddling, paddling in kindergarten because I was uh, in the bathroom and swinging on the <laughs> I was swinging on the stalls, and I remember it like it was yesterday. My, my teacher walked in and caught me swinging. Uh, and I, I got a spanking in the kindergarten. I never got another one. That's the only one I needed because it hurt. But then when I was in uh, a high, in high school as a senior, and the, the, literally the last day of school, we was cleaning the machine shop for the for the the year, and uh, uh, some guys uh, played a trick on me and one of my friends, and they put some trash in my area, and they went and got the shop teacher, uh, Mr. Thomason, and. Uh, and told them that we didn't clean, and I know Mr. Thomason knew what they had done, but he got he, he got in on it, and, and they all got a good laugh out of it, but I wasn't laughing, I was hurting, because I got a paddling, I got a paddling in kindergarten, I got a paddling on the last day of school, as a senior, I'm graduating, and uh, uh, then those guys got me good, because you, you if you ever got a paddling by Chuck Thomason, man, you know you got, you got whooped, 
you got a spanking and it hurt you got discipline for sure uh but it was all in fun for them i guess not for me and for my friend mark but hey that, that that's just what happened um but when god disciplines us it's for a purpose and that purpose is to make us more like jesus to uh he wants us to share in his holiness that and so uh in the end when we cross that finish line and that's that's the goal that's what the hebrew author is trying to get his people to understand is they've got to cross that finish line don't quit this race run this race keep your eyes on jesus and that's what he's saying here in chapter 12 and he says when we cross that finish line we're going to be very appreciative of it we're going to be able to look back and understand and everything's going to make sense and that's what this audience of this letter is struggling with. Just like many people today, uh, including myself sometimes, we're, we have this question of why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this difficult situation? It makes no sense to me. But here the encouragement from the author of Hebrews. He says, so, he says, so take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees mark out a straight path for your feet so that you, those who are weak and lame will not become strong it's gonna it's gonna someday make sense so keep going don't stop don't quit the race if you've if you have fallen get back up and endure catch a second wind grab a new grip with your tired hand yes and so and 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 so he says um take this new grip a new grip. Think about it. A new grip. Have you ever gripped something for for so long? Like I got this phone case in my hand. If I held this long enough, especially at my age, I'll be 50 in about a week or so. Um, but if uh, you ever gripped something for so long that your hands they just start hurting, and and then you can't even move your fingers, and your your hand literally stays in that position of whatever you were gripping. Um, he says, take a new grip. Strengthen your weak knees. And let's just acknowledge the truth here. We're tired. I know I'm tired because life has beaten the crap out of me. And I'm sure life has beaten the crap out of you, especially if you're around my age. Um, we all have a story. And, and let's just all admit it. We are tired. And, and he's saying, take a new grip and strengthen your weak knees. Um, mark, and he says, mark out a straight path for your feet. In other words, plan. You have to plan. If you go without a plan, you're just going to go here and there. and you, You're going to get tired. You're going to get wore out. You, and, and so the plan is, I want to make it to heaven. And this is the path that's going to lead me to heaven, this straight path path and therefore i'm going to plan because i've got my eyes fixed on jesus i see the finish line and here's what i've got to do to cross that finish line therefore i'm heading that direction and that that's what he's saying here it it, it it's really if you think about it when when we plan it brings self-discipline God doesn't have to, you know, if my children, if, if they practice self-discipline, if they don't do anything wrong, I don't have to discipline them. And to be honest, I don't know when the last time I had to get on to my children is. My, my children act very well. I'm not saying they don't do, ever do anything wrong. And when they do something wrong, 
I've had discussions with them, but I, I have really good children. They're they're very well disciplined, uh, but and, and that comes from me discipline disciplining them when they were young, and now they're they're well behaved and they're Christians and they they follow Jesus. They just they don't get into trouble. They don't they don't they don't live like that, uh, and I'm very thankful for that. But there's some of y'all out there who whose kids are just wild and crazy, and and you discipline them all the time, and 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 they're still wild and crazy, and, and so my heart goes out to you. But uh, making a path, a clear path, a straight path, uh, a plan, uh, it brings self-discipline. And here's the thing. People are watching us. If they know that we're Christians, they are watching us, and and they want to see if, if we're are going to endure. If they're gonna, they're they're watching to see if we're gonna keep going. They're gonna watch us and see if we make a plan and follow that plan to find the holiness of God. They're, they're gonna see if we're gonna follow our path uh, or not. And, and and here's the thing: if if we don't plan and we don't practice self discipline and 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 we don't follow our path to 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 God and to God and to to become more like Jesus, we're going to cause them to fall, and that's what he says here. He says we need to make this path and we need to plan so that they will not fall but become strong themselves. That's why it is so important that we are in the Word of God, because that is where we find direction. That is where we find our path to holiness. That is where we find God. That is where the Holy Spirit disciplines us. That is where we can find uh, strength and help, encouragement and love and compassion and grace and mercy. It's, it's where we can find the path to God in His Word. He's, he's laid it all out there for us. All we have to do is read and discover God's will god's plan for our lives and it's all in this book right here it, it and what's sad is most people the average house has about five to six seven copies of the bible but we don't pick it up and read it it sits there and collects dust when our lives literally depend on what is in this book and it's god's message of love to us and how he sent Jesus to die on the cross to, to pay the price for our sin. And why would we not want to read that great love story? It's about a father and his children and how he loves his children so much that he would allow his son to die for us. People who are watching us endure and keep going. Those who watch us make a plan and follow it to find the holiness of God will follow our path and they will not fall but become strong themselves. I want to end with this. Remember what he told uh, his audience back in uh, Hebrews chapter 10. He said, find ways to motivate one another, to encourage one another, to spur one another on to love and good works. And in, in the next podcast, we're going to cover this, but this is where he's going to shift his focus. And it's his four-letter word, that's not a cuss word, but it's a word that we don't like, and that's work. He is shifting his focus 
after talking about God's discipline, and he's going to tell his audience to work, not work on their salvation, but to work on their plan. And we don't like to think about walking with Jesus as work, but that's exactly what it is. And and we'll talk more about that in the next podcast. But I want to end with this. I want to remind you that God truly does love you like no other. His love is unconditional and his love is without limits. He's not here to hurt you, but to love you and to encourage you to keep going and to not give up. If I can uh, pray for you, encourage you, love on you, help you in any kind of way, help get find a counselor if you're if you've been abused by your your dad or your your parents, your grandparents, and you want to um, find healing for that, you want to, but you don't know how, or you're scared to reach out, reach out to me, and and I will help you find somebody in your area if you're not local, and 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 well, together uh, we will walk through uh, your pain and suffering, and and God will bring healing. But you got to take the step. You you have to want to get help, and, and you have to reach out. Reach out to God first and reach out to me or someone to find healing and to find strength for your hands and your knees and to keep walking and don't give up. My email address is thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com, and you can email me. Everything is 100% confidential. I will not share that with anybody. Um but I will reach out to you and help you with anything that you contact me about. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. And we'll finish Hebrews chapter 12 in the next podcast. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.